Hello, hello. Hello. You're welcome to another episode of the Landre Agboloaje show. Today is episode 26. Secret Societies number 3. In a thematic series, you have today part of the secret societies, the alchemists and the hermetic philosophers. I like to consider myself an alchemist and now chemical master and a hermetic philosopher. So this chapter, this episode is for me and people like me. Enjoy your host Landre Agboloaje. In the 15th to 17th centuries, there was a small but remarkably influential group of men whose interests in astrology, alchemy, Kabbalah, and the study of magic and mysticism would affect the thinking of generations that followed them. Both scientists and seers, they would have thought of themselves as natural philosophers, but today we call them the Hermetic Philosophers. Astrology is perhaps the most explicit example of the famous Hermetic Maxim, as above, so below, in that human beings are affected by the stars in the heavens. However, this is not the astrology of newspaper horoscopes, which are no more than a bit of fun. This is the astrology that says that everything in the universe is connected, though not in a deterministic way. Alchemy Alchemy is sometimes known as a royal art, not because it was practiced by kings, though sometimes it was, but because of its prestige as the highest of esoteric endeavors. Even more than astrology, alchemy was a fusion of the scientific and the spiritual. On one level, just as astrology laid the foundations for the latter, later scientific, in the modern sense, astronomy, so alchemy was the forerunner of today's science of chemistry. The Kabbalah Kabbalah, also spelt Kabbalah, C-A-B-A-L-A, is a complex system of mystical Judaism. The word comes from Hebrew, the variant transliterated spellings starting with a K, C or Q, with one, two Bs, and with or without the final H, reflecting different tastes at different times, and different methods of interpretation. As a rough rule, Kabbalah is the medieval Jewish mystical system. Kabbalah is a Renaissance Christian variant, and Kabbalah is its modern hermetic or occult usage. However, many Kabbalists and writers about Kabbalah simply choose one spelling and stick with it, whichever variant they are speaking of. The Diagram of the Kabbalah 
Keita, Bina, Chokma, Jebura, Shesed, Tiferet, Hod, Netzak, Yesod, and Malkot. Kabbalah means receiving or received tradition or even mouth to ear, reflecting the fact that originally the teachings were passed on orally one to one. These teachings include long and detailed speculations on the creation, explorations of the nature of divinity, aspects or attributes of God, the nature of the human soul, and crucially how God and humans can communicate, interact and work together. In some ways it is deeply theoretical, in others it is a powerful practical system of mysticism. The Tree of life. Best known symbol of Kabbalism is the tree of life, which is often described as being both very simple and very profound. The tree is composed of ten sephirots, singular sephira, meaning enumerations, each one representing an attribute of God manifest in the physical universe and together symbolizing the ten rays of light of God's creation. Above and beyond the Sephirot is the ultimate concept of divinity, the Ein Sof, literally without end, both transcendent and immanent, the utter inexpressible oneness of God. Kabbalah is a way of achieving harmony between God and humans, of human beings knowing God without a need for mediation by a priest. Like many aspects of the esoteric world, Kabbalah has a traditional history. It is said to have originated with Moses, secret mystical teachings that it was given by God, which were oral, not written down, as the law was, and were passed from mouth to ear for many centuries. Others believe that Kabbalah in its written form dates back around 2,000 years. Hermetic Philosophers The early Renaissance involved a revolution in thinking as well as in art, and in both cases it was largely dependent on the direction and support of wealthy patrons. One of these was the Florentine banker Cosimo di Medici, 1389-1464, who became the first Medici ruler of Florence, influenced by Napoletonist ideas. He established a new version of Plato's Academy in Florence and chose the scholar, the scholar Marsilio Ficino to head it. Cosimo had commissioned Ficino to translate the works of Plato from Greek to Latin, but directed him to interrupt this endeavor when in 1460 the Corpus Hermeticum surfaced in Italy. This consisted of a number of works attributed to Hermes Trismagistus, a mythical ancient Greek 
Egyptian god philosopher. In 1471, Ficino's translation of the Corpus Hermeticum was published in Latin, sparking a new wave of esoteric philosophical thought in Europe. Ficino also translated a number of Neoplatonist texts into Latin. Aristotelian philosophy had long been at the heart of Western academia, and the greater flexibility of Neoplatonism was of considerable appeal to natural philosophers, the scientists and thinkers of the day. You've been listening to the Lanre Agbolwaje Show, episode 26. Alchemists and Hermetic Philosophers. One more person that we should probably mention that was a major philosopher, alchemist, theologian, astronomer, astrologer, cartographer, and a doctor is none other than John D. 1527-1608. He was truly a mathematician of his time. He was Queen Elizabeth I's astrologer and advisor, and no doubt her spy. He was one of the most brilliant men of his day, with a wealth of knowledge and a sharp intellect. Yet he died in poverty, leaving behind a very mixed reputation. Dee studied a range of subjects at Cambridge, including Greek, Latin and philosophy, but it was mathematics and astronomy that most fascinated him. He graduated in 1546, becoming a fellow of St. John's College and then a founding fellow of Trinity College. He spent a few years traveling in Europe, studying and lecturing, and turned down the offer of a professorship in mathematics in Paris in 1551. The great Elizabethan mathematician, astronomer, cartographer, occultist, and probably spy John Dee moved to Prague in August 1584 with his family and associates Edward Kelly. There he met the Holy Roman Emperor Rudolf II, 1552-1612, a devotee of occult arts and learning. In particular, Rudolf was fascinated by alchemy a discipline in which Kelly specialized. 
there's a I guess there's a day or there's a famous thing that occurred in Prague it's called the famous defenestration of Prague on 23rd May 1618 sparked off the 30 years war an assembly of protestant nobles defending their right to freedom of religion granted by Rudolf II through two imperial governors and their scribe out of a window of the council room in the castle. The fall was only about 4.5 meters, 15 feet, and they survived. According to protestants, they fell into a heap of manure. According to Catholics, the Virgin Mary spread her cloak to catch them and carry them safely to the ground. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Alchemists are pretty funny. Philosophers, also funny, have a good sense of humor. It's an interesting thing. I think we'll leave it there. It's been another episode of the Landmark Bologna Show. Until next time, take care and God bless.